If you paid attention to the gospel, which all of you did, a lengthy gospel, you realized that the chunk of the gospel, the passage or the pericope that we hear from today, it's exactly a continuation of the gospel from last Sunday. If you're one of those that also likes to get ahead, you also notice that the gospel for next Sunday, for the 17th Sunday in ordinary time, it's a continuation of today's gospel. This is the section of Matthew that Jesus is speaking in parables. And I'm not going to compete with the Lord. Jesus himself does an amazing job at explaining his own words. He explains to us exactly what the parable, the first one out of the three that we hear, what it means. Again, I'm not going to attempt to explain it in a different way. But what prompts Jesus to explain this parable could probably be a detail that goes unnoticed. Why does he explain the parable to his disciples? Because they ask. Because they were hungry. Because they wanted to learn more. It is the disciples who approach Jesus and ask him, explain that to us. Remember he had done that earlier? And they liked that. Now, were they afraid or terrified after Jesus explains the parable? Some people are essentially sent to the place of torment by their own choices, of course. We don't know what was in the heart of the disciples. Matthew doesn't tell us that. Matthew is not big on details, typically. Yesterday, I preached on this. Today, let me talk to you about something different. The problem of evil. Why would such a good God, merciful and loving, allow evil? If he's so good and powerful and mighty and merciful, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, first of all, God doesn't provide or God doesn't send evil upon us. If you notice, all the evil since the beginning of creation has been brought by mankind. Starting from Adam until today, evil is not a product of God, but it's a product of our selfish humanity. But God gave us the greatest gift aside from our existence, from our being, which is our free will. And we can choose to love him. We can choose to follow him. That's why you're here today. Or we can choose not to. Essentially, that's what sin is. Sin is saying, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm not going to follow God's will. That's evil. Now, could God get rid of evil in the, with the snap of his fingers? Even, with his, even by just speaking, of course he can get rid of evil. But he doesn't, because he does not want to interfere with the most precious gift, which is our freedom, the freedom to love, the freedom to do good, but also the freedom to do evil. And God is so great, so powerful, 
that even in the midst of evil, even with our trespasses, our failures, our shortcomings, our sinfulness, He always brings up something good. Think of the Holocaust. How many heroes do we have from that? How many writings do we have from that? 9-11. So evil. Yet what good came out of? Anytime something so evil happens because of mankind, God provides the remedy. That's how amazing he is. Now, where are we when it comes to good and evil? Sometimes it's somewhat comical in the confessional, and do not worry, I'm not disclosing anyone's sins. But I prefer someone who comes in and says, it's been two years, it's been 20 years, and this is what I've done, than someone that says, well, Father, I don't really sin. I don't do much. I'm like, oh, really? Well, when was the last time you went to confession? Well, 20 years ago. I don't really go. I mean, I saw there was in the line, and you were here, so I thought, let me go and, you know, chat with Father for a little bit. And I think, well, I'm not here to chat, but sure. There's no, there's, they haven't done anything wrong. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then I think, Really? Then I start asking questions. And then they realize, whoa, 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 whoa. Father, that's too personal. You can't ask that. And of course, I don't ask very intimate questions. Just, how, let's start with this. Are you married? Yes. How is that going? Oh, Father, well, well, well my wife this, and she does this, and she does that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you must be a saint. In order to abolish the evil of the world, we have to get rid of the evil in our lives. We can fight big monsters like the ideologies of the world on our own. We need to come together in truth, in love. Truth will always prevail. We can't fight those evils on our own. We are called to do that, of course. But let's start with the, e the small evils in our lives. What are the things that get in the way for me, for doing the good that I got to be doing? In prayer, and for the rest of the Mass, let's ask the Lord, what are the evils in my life that I need to get rid of? trusting that he will provide the remedy and that just as he gives the good seed the opportunity to grow and give fruit, he also does that with those who choose not to love him. He does that with those who choose not to follow him and do evil because he's merciful. When we look at ourselves, we have to be aware of those things but always with Christ in the center and asking him for assistance. But we have to be very brave, very honest, very courageous, not so much with the good Lord because he knows it all, but with ourselves.